This program is presented by CreamCityUSA.com. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. From the West Hangar of the United States Naval Reserve Air Base at Atlanta, Georgia, the Pepsodent Show starring Bob Hope. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob, Atlanta Naval Base Hope, telling, telling you aviators to brush your teeth with Pepsodent, and no matter how often you bomb Tokyo, your dentist will have to do little. <laughs> well, well, here we are in Georgia. What a country. Peaches as far as the eye can see, and once in a while, one of them looks back. Oh, but they're really sweet. I walked up to one girl and said, Are you a Georgia peach? And she pit at me. <laughs> but it's a great town. You know, a picture I played of my favorite blonde is playing in one of the theaters here in Atlanta. I went down to see her, but it's hard to watch the screen in theaters here. They're still showing Gone with the Wind on the ceiling. <laughs> For the last five years, everyone in Atlanta has been talking about Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. Now they're all talking about Leon Henderson's Gone with a Gas. <laughs> we know, don't we, huh? <laughs> this gas rationing is pretty tough on the women drivers. I saw one woman driver on Peachtree Street run out of gas just as she reached the pedestrian. She had to push the car over him. <laughs> I want to tell you, wives are no longer backseat drivers. No, sir. They sit up on the hood now with a straw and siphon the gas tanks of the car in front of them. <laughs> and lots of people are using substitutes for gas. One guy in Atlanta filled his gas tank with whiskey and it works well. Only that was the first time in history that a Pontiac ever sang Sweet Adeline. <laughs> Staggered up Peachtree Street, furtered with a Buick and spit in the traffic cop's eye. <laughs> And another fellow I know poured milk into the tank of his car, but it didn't work out so good. Kept rubbing its fenders against Bull Durham signs. <laughs> I... I tried to use Coca-Cola instead of gasoline. I filled my tank with Coca-Cola. I went out for a drive and it was wonderful. When I saw a pedestrian, I didn't even have to bother blowing the horn. The car just burped them out of the way. <laughs> and last night, I saw a soldier pushing a car down the street. I said, service station out of gas? He said, no, barracks, big crap game. <laughs> we all went to a... We, we were on the way to a big party last night at a plantation here at Atlanta. Plantation, that southern talk for an FHA loan with a front porch. <laughs> A lot of soldiers and sailors were at the party and they had a dance and it's tough on the girls dancing with soldiers wearing those G.I. shoes. One, one girl found out what G.I. meant, goodbye instep. <laughs> I danced with a big fat girl. It wasn't really a girl, it was Stone Mountain with legs. 
I don't know whether she was old or not, but you ever hear of Sherman's March through Georgia? Well, he kicked her as he went by. <laughs> but I want to tell you, those aviators from the Navy base here were very popular with the girls. The girls would just line up, and the aviators would go along kissing everyone. They were really flying. Boy, when they, when they came to a beautiful blonde, I snuck in to join him, and it was the first time I was ever cracked up trying to come in on the beam. <laughs> Say, Bob. Yeah? How do you like it here at the Naval Base? Huh? Oh, it's swell, Larry. You know, these fellas are regular guys, always playing jokes. You know, this morning they played a trick on the bugler. They poured soap and water in his bugle. Really, Bob? What happened? That's the first time a bugler ever played Reveille and gave the camp a bubble bath at the same time. <laughs> Boy, they sure put something over on him. Yeah, Bob. And don't you hate to have a person slip something over on you? Oh, I don't know. Sure you do. Well, everybody does. And folks, I'll bet you're mighty careful about what you buy. But did you ever test your toothpaste? How do you know it isn't just getting by because it's a habit? How do you know it's really cleaning your teeth? Suppose you check up right now. Do this. Run the tip of your tongue over your teeth. And what do you feel? Does your tongue hit a filmy coating on your teeth? Well, that's what dentists call Materia Alba. It's a filmy coating that clings to your teeth, collecting stains, dulling your smile. Now, you can get a toothpaste that loosens and washes away that filmy coating. And fast. Just switch to the new high-speed Pepsodent toothpaste. Yes, Larry, it cleans faster than an aviator with a pair of loaded dice. <laughs> yes, Bob, that's right. Pepsodent works faster than ever before because it contains more irium, the super cleanser that foams into millions of active bubbles, bubbles that whisk away the filmy coating you can feel with your tongue. Even the flavor of Pepsodent is clean, tingling, so fresh it wakes up your mouth. Pepsodent makes your teeth feel so shiny clean, your mouth so fresh, you may feel as if you'd never really brushed your teeth before. So, hunt up an old empty tube any size from any product and take it with you to your drug counter tonight when you say, Pepsodent toothpaste, please. And here's Francis Langford singing Sleepy Lagoon. Here, Francis. moon and chew on an island A sleepy lagoon and two hearts in tune in some lullaby land The fireflies gleam reflects in the stream They sparkle and shimmer A star from on high falls out of the sky and slowly grows dimmer Leaves from the trees all dance in the breeze and float on the ripple. We're deep in a spell as nightingales tell of roses and dew. The memory of this moment of love will haunt me forever. A tropical moon, a sleepy lagoon. We're deep in a spell as nightingales tell of roses and dew. The memory of this moment of love will haunt me forever. A tropical moon, 
Langford singing Sleepy Lagoon. Well, how do you like it down here in Atlanta, Francis? Oh, wonderful, Bob. Gosh, we're really traveling. Last week we broadcast from New Orleans, and now we're in Georgia. Yeah, Francis, my sponsor keeps wiring me. Keep going south. Keep going south. <laughs> Gee, how far south did the sponsor tell you to go? Oh, it's of no importance. Besides, you couldn't broadcast from there anyhow. <laughs> South, aren't we, Bob? Yeah, did you hear what everybody said when I got off the train? Here comes Massa Hope. Just look at Massa Hope. <laughs> Bob, I heard what they said, and there's quite a difference between Massa and Messy. <laughs> Bob, have you seen your relatives here in Atlanta yet? No, visiting day is Friday. But... <laughs> but I love it down here, Francis. The minute I got here, I walked out on Peachtree Street and held up my arms and sang, I can't get Georgia off my mind. What happened? A woman driver hit me and I spent the next ten minutes in the hotel room trying to scrub Georgia off my face. <laughs> Are the women drivers bad down here? No, not as bad as they are back home. You know, in California, they drive on the sidewalks, but here they stay where they belong, up in the theater marquees. <laughs> You're always criticizing women drivers. Did any of them hit you crossing the street? No, but you can't count me. I use the telegraph wires. <laughs> but, Bob, isn't Georgia a wonderful state? Yeah, where else can you step into a peach grove, shake a tree, bend down and pick up one of the peaches... Then have the buckshot removed free of charge. <laughs> Tell me, Bob, have you met any of these Atlanta girls yet? Oh, yes, but gee, Francis, it isn't any use trying to get any place with these girls unless you've got a uniform. Yes, but Bob, you'll never get any place trying what you did yesterday. Putting on that gray uniform and telling them you were Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Why, everyone knows he's been dead for 50 years. Well, Skinny Ennis told him the same thing, and he got away with it. <laughs> yes, but he looks it. <laughs> Have you looked around the town yet? Yeah, it's too bad you didn't go along last night, Francis. We saw the Psychorama. That's a tremendous painting of the Battle of Atlanta. Gee, what a sight. Men fighting all around. And then at the end, General U.S. Grant surrendering to Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Bob, General Grant never surrendered to Robert E. Lee. Lee surrendered to Grant. What was that? Your baggage being thrown out of your hotel. <laughs> this would be a great place to start a riot right through here, wouldn't it? And now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce one of Atlanta's favorite sons, an outstanding star of the sport world, and one of the greatest golfers of all time, Bobby Jones. That's for you, Robert. 
Thank you, Bob. But there's one thing we ought to straighten out before we start. It's liable to be a little confusing since both our names are Bob. Haven't you got a nickname that people call you by? Well, yes, I have. Well, couldn't... <laughs> well, couldn't I use it? And remain friends? No. <laughs> oh, but it's wonderful having you as my guest tonight. Bobby Jones. Gee, what that name stands for. Bob Hope. Gee, what everybody stands for. <laughs> Let's not, let's not quarrel, Bob. After all, I'm only an amateur golfer, and you're the same sort of comedian. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Bob. I'm a professional. You see, a professional is one who gets money for his services, and every week my sponsor sends me an envelope, and I say, maybe I am an amateur. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of joining up as an aviator while I'm down here, Bob. With that physique, I don't think you'd ever become an aviator. Why not? Well, just look at these boys. They're all he-men. They all have hair on their chest. Well, wait, you see my chest. I'll open my shirt there. What do you think of that? Gee, Bob, I've seen more fudge on a piece of Kleenex. <laughs> well, look, Bob, what sort of exercise would you recommend to build a fellow like me up? Well, have you ever thought of playing golf? Well, I was out with you for 18 holes just the other afternoon. You saw what I can do. Have you ever thought of playing golf? I'm only kidding, Bob. I want to say right now that you're the finest natural golfer I ever saw. You've got the most uncanny golfing instinct I've ever come across. Well, gee, that's a pretty amazing thing to say. Yeah, it surprised me when I saw it in the script, too. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed playing with you over at the East Lake Golf Course, Bob. We had quite a game, didn't we? Yeah, but I was very surprised at your equipment, Bob. I was amazed when you walked up to hit the ball. It seems to me that you could afford a better golf club. Well, what was wrong with that golf club? Well, after all, Bob, an empty aspirin box at the end of a broomstick. <laughs> yeah, it was a birthday present from Jack Benny. <laughs> you know, it was funny the time you'd knocked your ball into the tree and it landed in a bird's nest. Yeah, Mama Bird didn't want to sit on the golf ball, but Papa Bird said, You sit on it, Ella. If it hatches, we may solve the rubber problem. <laughs> But you know, Bob, you've been quite a help to me with those movies you've made on golf. I've seen all of your shorts. Well, I've seen some of your shorts, too. <laughs> you've seen some of my shorts? Yes. Must you drive them out the window of the Biltmore Hotel? <laughs> well, they complained when I hung them in the lobby, but you've got to admit... <laughs> You've got to admit, Bob, I'm a pretty good golfer. I just got through playing a series of exhibition matches with Crosby. Who? Bing Crosby. You know, the crooner with the glue factory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know, don't we, losers? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, he's really a great golfer. Well, why shouldn't he be? He's got a head start. What do you mean? Well, look at him with that house full of caddies. <laughs> anyway, I don't like playing with Crosby very much. He makes me nervous. He makes you nervous? How? Well, the other day I yelled, I got a birdie, and he ran for his gun. He thought I meant a stork. <laughs> but, Bob, I want to tell you, it's been wonderful having you here tonight. You know, I bet you still get a great kick out of having won both the British and American championships in the same year. 
You're right, Bob. I enjoyed it just as much as you'd enjoy having dates with Madeline Carroll and Hedy Lamar the same week. Yes, but if that ever happens, I don't want a caddy around to help me. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Jones. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I should add that Bob Jones is donating his salary check tonight as the initial contribution to Atlanta's war relief campaign starting in a couple of weeks. I think that's a grand gesture. Thank you, Bob. Well, and here's Skinny Ennis singing Johnny Doughboy. Take it away, Skin. Johnny Doughboy found a rose in Ireland. Sure, the fairest flower that even ever grew. Oh, the blondie in a trunk took him back to old New York. Where his mother sold the sweetest Lonnie too Johnny Doughboy found a rose in Ireland And she stole his heart with smiling eyes of blue He said, darling, tis my duty To make an American beauty Of a sweet Irish rose like you Johnny Doughboy found a rose in Ireland, and she stole his heart with smiles. He said, "Darling, 'tis my duty to make an American beauty of a sweet Irish rose like you." That Chiefsler Field band is going to do that. A good band. All right, Larry. Say, Larry, did you ever hear of a budget stretcher? A what? A budget stretcher. You know, a, a mechanical gadget which will stretch that budget. Well, frankly, no. But uh, I can tell you a story with a hot tip in it for getting twice as much for your money. Now, listen. Two women go shopping. They both buy toothbrushes. One gets more for her money than the other. Now, she's a smart gal. Well, what does she buy? A Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush. And uh, why does she get more for her money? Well, for one thing, she gets twice as many tufts in a Pepsodent brush. Twice as many tufts in a small, compact head. Now, this means double the cleansing power. And she gets nylon bristles that are stronger, more durable than ever before. And yet kind to her gums. Oh, I get it. And say, besides that... She gets a cash certificate worth 10 cents in extra spending money. That's right. Packed right in a sealed glass container with every Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush, there's a cash certificate you can use like a dime for anything you want in the store. Any item costing 10 cents or more. Protect that smile of yours. Get the doubly effective aid to beautiful sparkling teeth. 
the Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush. And friends, get one for each member of your family. Pay the same price as always, and with each brush, there's an extra bonus for you. A cash certificate worth 10 cents extra spending money. Ladies and gentlemen, there is great excitement in the Deep South today because Skinny Ennis has at last returned to the land of his birth. It was just 28 years ago that Skinny's father, Edgar C. Ennis, was pacing the floor awaiting the birth of his latest child. Finally, the doctor came out and placed little Skinny in his arms. Skinny's father looked tenderly at the little bundle of joy and then said proudly, I've been robbed! (laughs) Yes, folks. It was here in the Southland that Skinny Ennis was born. It wasn't so long ago on that fateful day when the stork took a look at this new bundle of joy and said, What are you bothering me for? Get a sparrow. (laughs) But now the years have passed. Skinny Ennis has gone to Hollywood and become a famous personality. And today he has returned to Atlanta. Skinny arrived here triumphantly with Bob Hope. And their chests puffed out like two conquering heroes, Bob and Skinny got off the train. And they got right on again. <laughs> All this excitement in Georgia when Bob Hope arrives at the offices of the Atlanta Journal, whose slogan is, we cover Dixie like the Jew. The editor says, you got to get a picture of Bob Hope. Get me Bob Hope. What for, boss? Well, we can't cover Dixie like the Jew unless we include all the drips. <laughs> all know, folks, the South is famous for its atmosphere, and you all know what a handsome movie star Bob Hope is. Put them both together, ah, they add up to romance. Here we find Bob on his first night in Atlanta, and already he has a date. Oh, it's so beautiful here in the park, just the two of us sitting alone under the magnolia tree with a soft moonlight glowing in your face, shining in your hair. Isn't this fun? Yeah. But wouldn't it be more fun if we had girls? Oh, look, Skin, there's a blonde over there. I'm going to whistle at her. There's always an SP around someplace. Hey, look, Bob. It's Francis Langford. Hiya, Fran. Hello, Skin. Hello, Bob. Look, boys, I've got some advice for you. You won't get any dates in Atlanta. The girls around here only go for aviators, like these handsome boys here at the Naval Reserve Air Base. Yo, what... Francis, what have they got that I haven't got? Nothing except theirs doesn't look like it made a forced landing. <laughs> well, I can't understand why girls don't like me. I always take them dancing, show them a good time. What do you do when you go out with a girl, Skinny? I got better ideas than that. Man, I'd take them up on Stone Mountain and see who can spit the thought of it. <laughs> oh, Skinny, you're a mess. You're a <laughs> You know, you know, uh, where are we? Yeah, Francis, I still... You re-see a line, cut in. I still can't see why the girls fall for aviators. What can a pilot do that's so wonderful? Well, it's always been wonderful to me how high they can fly in a plane with just three motors. Oh, that's nothing. My uncle can get the same altitude on a bottle with just four roses. Ah, uh, but still, maybe you're right about the girls going for flyers. Come on, Skin, I know just the place where we learn to be aviators, the Kelowna Flying School. Let's go. Hey, this looks like the place, Bob, where we can learn how to fly. 
See that sign? It sounded like Andre Castellanos flying in there. <laughs> yeah, Kelowna's Flying School. Learned to fly with Professor Kelowna. Experienced aviator. Attended Atlanta Naval Air Training Base and had a clean record. Even his pajamas were washed out. <laughs> I wonder where the professor is. Hey, Kelowna, we want to talk about taking your flying course. Where are you? Run for your lives, everybody. Here comes a bull weevil. <laughs> Kelowna, why do we have to be afraid of a bull weevil? <laughs> See, I fed him a mint julep, and he thinks he's a B-19. <laughs> Never mind that, professor. I want you to teach me how to fly. Oh, you really want to become an aviator? That's right. Of course, I'd rather be a sailor in the Navy. Oh, the sweetheart in every port. Just imagine. Oh, what are you so happy about? I was imagining what I'd do while you were out to sea. <laughs> now, if you two want to learn how to fly, I'll teach you the hard way. Just climb into this plane here and take it up by yourself. But, Cologne, I don't even know what all these dials in the instrument board are for. Well, that dial in the center is very important. The figure on top is your altitude. The figure below is your airspeed. And you see that little figure over there on the left? Yes. Wonder how she'd look in a bathing suit. <laughs> Now, throw on the ignition and I'll spin the propeller for you. Okay, but careful, Colonel. You're liable to get your head in the propeller. Nonsense. Watch. <laughs> Professor, but take your head out of the propeller. What for? Do you know an easier way to get a GI haircut? <laughs> hey, Bob, give her the gun. Let's take off. Okay. Gee, Skin, we're only up 500 feet. I can't understand it. Why is the plane climbing so slow and struggling so hard? Well, gee, Bob... You forgot to come out of the hangar. <laughs> I was wondering why it was so dark. Say, here we go. We're way up in the air now. 20,000 feet in skin. I don't like this parachute I've got. Why? What's wrong with that parachute, Bob? Well, I just peeked in there and I saw two silkworms and one of them kept yelling at the other, hurry, Margaret, you've got the whole top to do yet. <laughs> Something's wrong. I don't know how to control this plane. We're going to crash. Skinny, you scared? Scared? You know my red car puzzle? Yes. Just call him Whitey. <laughs> Boy, I don't know what to do. I'll try to get Kelowna on the two-way radio. Plane 21 calling Kelowna. Plane 21 calling Kelowna. Help us, Professor. The plane is heading straight for the ground at 300 miles an hour. Okay, Hope. Hold back on the stick and give it right and left rudder, one after the other, 16 times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't help, but looks exciting from here. <laughs> Listen, Kelowna, this is serious. How can I land this plane? Tell me. Okay, I'll give you some more instructions. Pull the joystick back. Okay, it's back. The other long stick beside it. Okay. Push it forward. All right. Now the joystick back. Okay. The other stick forward. I got it. Now both back. Okay. Both forward. Okay. Yeah, I'm making the sticks go, but what are they doing? Underneath the floorboard, they're knitting a sweater. <laughs> Gee, Bob. Bob, I think we're flying upside down. Keep flying upside down, boys. Keep flying upside down. Okay. We're flying upside down. What are you doing, Kelowna? Running around, picking up the loose change. <laughs> How high up are you, boys? We're up 10,000 feet. Well, go as high as you like. In that plane, you don't have to worry about ice on the wings. Why not? No wings. <laughs> hey, Bob. 
Hey, we're running out of gas, and we're 20,000 feet up now. Well, Skinny, there's only one thing to do. We'll have to bail out. You're not afraid, are you? No, of course not. You're not afraid, are you, Bob? Of course not. Open that door. Now hold hands, and we'll jump together. One, two, three, jump! Well, we'll have to think of something else. I think we better contact Kelowna. Hey, Kelowna! Kelowna! Help! Help! Nothing to worry about, boys. See that big lever in front of you? That's my new invention. Just pull it back and the plane forms into a big parachute and floats to earth. Oh, that's great, Professor. Quick, Skinny, help me pull the lever back. That's right, boys. It's my new invention. Okay. <laughs> of course, it hasn't been perfected yet. <laughs> Thanks for the memory, you men with navy wings, to you the nation clings, for through the face of you the ace, we look to better things, and thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, we'll be back at the same time broadcasting to the United States Marine Base at Quantico, Virginia. With us, of course, will be Francis Langford, Jerry Colonna, Vera Vake, Skinny Ennis, and all the gang. Until then, good night, folks. Okay, Larry, cut in, okay? for the entertainment of the Navy personnel and does not necessarily constitute an endorsement of our products by the Navy Department. Larry Keating speaking. This broadcast came to you from Atlanta, Georgia. This is the National Broadcasting Company. KFI Los Angeles. Your favorite old-time radio shows are now available on quality MP3 CD, audio CD, and instant downloads and old-time radio catalog. OTRCAT.com that's otrcat.com. Join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com. This is Ajax speaking.